Hello and welcome. You're listening to Jot That Down, where we provide you with knowledge you're not asking for. I'm Chloe. I'm Alex. And I'm Haley. How do we even want to do this intro? We should do, Chloe, you should do the intro as um, part two, a meeting that could have been an email. (laughs) Okay. Am I literally just saying that? No, I don't think you should, but go for it. Episodes three and four, also known as a meeting that could have been an email. That sounds better. Mm -hmm. This week, we'll be covering episodes three and four of This is a Robbery, aka this podcast could have been an email because it sucked. (laughs) There you go. Straight to the point. That's the stuff. Um, all right. So Haley, can you start off by reading the Reddit oh, post that yes. you found that we all <laughs> can relate to yeah, and it really resonated with us? Yes. Yes. So <laughs> episodes three and four, like we were so amped up for episodes one and two. It was really good. It was like detailed outline of the setup of the museum and they really got into the nitty gritty of things. Episodes three and four just veered off severely. And of course we go to Reddit to get their thoughts and let's see what their name is. Princess Leia was taken. Oh, princess Leia was taken. <laughs> okay, so we got a Star Wars taken. fan. Mm-hmm. She said, I thought the first two episodes were great. They gave a detailed account of the crime, the exact timeline, descriptions of the stolen pieces, the layout of the museum so viewers could grasp the logistics and had compelling interviews with those involved in the case through their work at the museum or investigating the crime. The third and fourth episodes veered off track and lost my interest. The art heist became more of an afterthought and the main focus became the Boston Mafia, who we don't even know for sure were involved. And I quote. (laughs) And you did. And that's exactly how we all feel. I think <laughs> literally yeah. it got in. It was just so sticky. Like I just no. And it was just okay, like, yes, it was fascinating, but it was also boring at the same time. Like, yes, they had interesting facts and stuff about like the Italian versus the Irish mafia and whatever, but nothing came of these like, stories i don't know i i thought it was just like a huge tangent that was unnecessary i agree i think that we maybe should have seen this coming because in episode one or two or whenever they brought up miles connor and they're like this guy is the perfect suspect for the crime like he totally could have done it and then they're like but he was in jail like that's basically what happened for the rest of it they're like oh this guy is the perfect person that could have done it but he was dead at the time like you know what i mean literally through all this stuff for no reason and what got me is like you think they have suspects and they do granted they put their Mm -hmm. picture up they put a nice little red circle around (laughs) them and they're like but he died x x It's like every single person they had a lead on, which really wasn't a lead. They just had to X out. Yeah. It wasn't so much they had a lead. It was more wishful thinking. Right. And I guess, I guess we can get into, they were talking about the Merlino gang and Mm -hmm. this is how the Garenti guy, Bobby Garenti, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of Bobbies in here. So too many, too many Bobbies. I think (laughs) think there's, oh yeah, there's a Robert. 
Well, Garenti yes. and Gentile, right? That's yeah, it. the two Bobbies. Yeah. That's the stuff. Were you, you were saying well, something? yeah, I was going to. I just had to mute myself in case there's background noise. Okay. Sorry if you can hear that. You can't. So I guess this all started with a gangster of the Merlino mob, whatever, had cased, you know, air quotes, um, <laughs> the museum in 1981. And he like had this whole plan and he was going to use like smoke bombs and like make everyone confused and then rob the Gardner museum. Um, obviously his plan didn't work. Like they figured out, like the FBI was investigating him and they figured it out before he could like actually do it. And this guy who actually like decided to case the place, they crossed him out at first because they're like, okay, he was literally in jail at the time. Like we discussed whatever it is. So then we get to Bobby Garanti and Manchester, Connecticut. I don't even know where that is. And Bobby Gentile. This is where it gets a little complicated. Also, feel free to chime in. Um, not chiming in, but Manchester is literally 15 minutes away from me. No way. Okay. And how far away mm-hmm. is Hartford? 10 minutes away from me. Wow. And the two are like 10 minutes away from each other. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're That's all represented in this heist. Between mm-hmm. Hartford, Portland, mm-hmm. Boston, Easton. Easton. I love yes. Brookline. Lots of shout outs specifically to LA and I and partially to Chloe. Thank Philadelphia, aka yes. shout Philadelphia out to Benjamin Franklin. Okay. <laughs> this, uh, City of Brotherhood. Mm. We're brothers. Etc. Yes. So Grunty <laughs> was this, this mob guy. I don't know. They suspected him. He like did a polygraph test, which I don't know if that was even in the documentary. Um, but when the documentary had Gentile do the polygraph test. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someone else should take this over. (laughs) You might have to. Well, okay. So there was, gosh, darn it. I don't know all the names, but there was like an operation that they were thinking was going to go on that they were going to rob the automotive place or something in Easton. And so then they, I think the cops actually, were able to, is that Loomis? Because I think I Loomis is like is. Yes, that big company that collects all the money, the Loomis Fargo vault in 1999. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Continue. Go on LA. Okay. So the FBI got an informant in or someone to wear a wire and then they like taped the informant's discussions with like that whole Merlino gang that you were talking about. Um, And then they got enough information to like make sure that that didn't happen. Right. I just don't know any of the names. That wiretap was so ridiculous. So this is not related to the heist and more of just like a general statement, but I am always so perplexed and honestly impressed by undercover informants, like for the FBI, like in movies such as The Departed, when you literally see like, people in the mafia who become FBI informants or like undercover cops who pretend that they're in the mafia or whatever, like the amount of anxiety 
that I would have doing something like that, I don't understand how they do it. And they like do it forever for like decades and just like feed information to like the police or the mob or whatever. Like it's crazy. Very Sopranos. Like, yeah, I could never do it. I would be so nervous all the time. Like big pussy. Exactly. Exactly. Like big pussy. I'm trying to find um, a summary. Like all I can think about. Go ahead. Sorry. Like all I can think about is when they raided Gentile's house, Mm -hmm. they found like that false door in his shed or whatever, because I remember his lawyer being there and being like, you're not going to find anything, whatever it was. It was like a, a, a false floor, like a hole in the floor. Yes. But it had originally started with everyone thought Garenti, Bobby Garenti had the paintings. He had gone up to like his second home in Madison, Maine. And he like, that's where like the whole story started. Madison means like kind of in the middle of nowhere, in my opinion. But then (laughs) apparently he was known to have traded a couple of paintings at a random restaurant in Portland. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I think it went down to Connecticut because he trusted Gentile and he wanted Gentile to hide them. Right. Yeah, because I think that Bobby Guarente's wife was like really nervous about him having the paintings allegedly and like had been harping on him to like get rid of some of them. So apparently he gave them to Bobby Gentile who brought them to Connecticut. And in Connecticut, he had like a an auto body shop, but like didn't really want to do that he kind of just like had a a whole kitchen there that he would like cook food for other mobsters in the area and they would just like all eat um and the fbi sent an informant to his shop because they were like suspicious that he had some of the paintings and then they got him because someone at the table when he was like feeding all these people, they were like, Oh, how much, like, can I buy your pills off of you? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so they got him on like selling narcotics because he like was trying to sell like his own prescription right. for money. So they got him. And then that's what, when they like raided his house and found absolutely nothing except a shit ton of firearms. Yes. Right? And then that was when the lawyer was like, okay, well you don't want him for that. So yeah. good luck. Yeah. Didn't they also find like a flooded basement or something? Wasn't his basement like disgusting? I think they said it had flooded. Mm. So like perfect opportunity. If he's going to get rid of something that he actually wants to sell, move the paintings. But then they were also like his lawyer claimed that since the Sea of Galilee was like a five by four, he's like, there's no way it was going to fit in there, which yeah, I don't think they gave a shit. Like, couldn't you have just rolled it like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. And then they're like, um, they found out that what he kept in that hole, like in the ground, was just like firearms and weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, it could have, it could Good have hidden that little portrait. And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. but it didn't. And then they made him take the polygraph test. And mm-hmm. the way that his lawyer described it was oh, absolutely yes. ridiculous. It was just like in a room with all these people just like going about their day and just like talking about it, what was happening and like drinking their coffee and whatnot. And they were like being very descriptive about like what each painting was, like what it meant. I, why were they giving him like an art history lesson? I have no idea. Polygraph. And then he just made something up so they could like 
Oh my God. Yes. He, they, he, so he lied. And I think was Grant still alive at this time? No idea. I, okay. I don't <laughs> know. He was really good friends with Grenty and there's no way he was going to rat him out. And he lied just to get them to shut up. He was like, yeah, I know Bobby Garanti's wife. Like we went over to their house one night and there was like a little tiny painting that was stolen. He's like, yeah, she would just like take it out of her bra and show it to us <laughs> and then put it back. <laughs> and then they left the room or something like that. And he said to his lawyer something like, I got him right. And lawyer's like, stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs> so Garanti was dead at this point because- okay. According to Wikipedia, when Gentile took the polygraph test, it was in 2012 when he was Mm. brought in on drug-related charges, and then they submitted him for a polygraph test related to the Gardner heist. But then the test indicated that he was lying and that he retook it. So Got it. And Grunty died, I think it said 2004. Yep, from cancer. Okay. And I mean... There is a chance that, like, he probably did have it, but Gentile's statement, whatever, was just a lie because they interviewed Grenty's widow and she was like, yeah, like, he had a couple, like, I didn't want them anymore, like, they're gone. And so it just gets into this, like, whole convoluted thing. It's like, if you're going to track these down, you're going to have to go through so many different webs of people. They were saying, like, oh, I bet it's in Saudi Arabia or... It's literally in Ireland somewhere. And it's like, what good is that going to do? You're not going to figure it out. They sure aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of Ireland, I do want to touch on um, the Irish mafia that they talked about, specifically Whitey Bulger, because they did not cover this in the documentary, but I find it really interesting. So they like briefly talked about the separation between the Irish mafia and the Italian mafia in Boston and like what territories they each cover within the city. But Wikipedia talks about how Whitey Bulger, who's obviously like one of the most powerful crime bosses in Boston ever, not just during the nineties, but basically he came out to the FBI and like, we obviously know that he, was an FBI informant. I don't think in the 90s people weren't necessarily aware of this, but he sent out his own like mafiosos to tell the FBI that like, because this happened in his territory, like, of course he didn't do it, which I find really interesting because if the FBI had him as an informant, like, don't you think they were both looking for the criminals together? Like, I don't know. It's just weird that the Irish mob would be like related to this at all when if they were Whitey Bulger, I think would be the first one to be like, yeah, we fucking did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just my two cents. And then yeah. you can get into David Turner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that. You want to take it away? Play? No, I don't want to either. And <laughs> <laughs> just like this thing is such a mess. I just read a quote that like really, um, sums this up perfectly and was talking about so let me just say the quote and then we can talk about turner and whatever that other guy's name is it says when this is a robbery takes that turn and shifts into full true crime mode which is basically like episodes three and four like that's completely what it is it loses much of the personality and spark that could have conceivably separated it from others in the genre the on-screen timeline the white black red color palette you know with like the 
stupid X's and stuff. The organizational trees, the floating over a monochrome map of the eastern seaboard, they're all here. The need to untangle that web of individuals for logistics sake, if nothing else, is a weight that ends up dragging the series down the longer it goes on. And it says like literally minutes from the end of the final episode, new people are still being introduced. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the hardest part of this is that exactly. it's just like so chaotic and they're just throwing so many people at us. Um, but so Turner was someone that they mentioned like kind of from the beginning, but didn't really talk about him at all until like the last episode. Right. And he's like the only last suspect they have of him because they all the rest of them died, which mm-hmm. I think Except a couple for of them. Bobby Gentile, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. He's still alive, but I think he's very sick because remember when they were saying like he was on his deathbed, but then he just never died. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Is he the one that they like let? go home to die the, at his house they yeah, offered the attorney that was him. talking like right. that yeah the attorney and the attorney was convinced that he had nothing to do with it or he was convinced that he at least like didn't have his hands on or knew the whereabouts of the painting because i guess this guy like really loved his wife and the attorney was like hey you think you're gonna die tonight like if you have any information you know where the paintings are i can literally get you like air flighted out of here and you can be home and he said which is like so cryptic. He's like, there are no paintings or something like that. So if there were, he had no idea where they were. Or did he? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I know. What is, I don't know what he meant by that when he was like, there are no paintings. Yeah. Some people, I read them? another thread on Reddit was like, some people were convinced that they literally just burned them because it was such a hot ticket item what a fucking waste that would be. Can you imagine? But I mean, so many people were after it. Like that, what's his name? I already forgot it. Oh, Turner. Like, I think he killed a couple people that yeah. had something to do with it. Like, this was a very hot ticket item. And they could have been like worried about being robbed by like other mafia members or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There was someone that was set to testify against Turner. And then he ended up dead like, yes. in the back of a car. And yes. He, he was like melted. Ooh, yes, I, I remember him. that. Mm-hmm. But, but Turner's like out of prison now. Just. Yeah, really that was deadly. the weird part is that like, so I'm I'm looking through this, trying to figure out what it was. So he was like a Merlino associate and he is thought to have been one of the actual robbers along with George Reisfelder. Um, George died in 1991 and people were convinced that David Turner, like he matched the description and they thought he had created like a fake alibi for himself down in Florida, but like they really thought he oh, had yeah. done it. Mm-hmm. Then they found like no clues in his apartment. Right. Like there was no evidence actually pinning him there aside from the description. Right. Um, it's so messy, which it's so messy. And I have no idea like what he was going to jail for. I think it was his involvement in the Loomis Fargo vault. Like he had been arrested along with Marlino Rossetti and someone else, whatever it was, but he did get a reduction in his sentence. Like he was supposed to get out in 2025 and he got out in 2019 because, and this is the super sketchy part is like the FBI did not say what he had gotten seven years shaved off for. So maybe he had like a small piece of information that he could have told them. That's what they were thinking. Like, I think 
if he had a painting, we would obviously know about it. So who knows mm-hmm. what they gave him? Well, I thought that. His- oh, sorry, go ahead. oh, I thought that that like weird press conference that the FBI did where someone, one of the reporters like, oh my God. asked and was like, what's the development or like whatever. And then they were like, oh, we're actually not at liberty to talk about it. And I'm like, yes. you're, you're hosting this. <laughs> I thought that was so funny because I think at every like major anniversary, it's not funny, but it's like, come on every major anniversary. They want to drum up excitement around this because they obviously want to know who did it, but it cracked me up that they literally, one guy was like, yeah, we made signs and everything. Like we had posters and it was just, he was explaining the poster and it's just like recovered on the top. And then it's just the painting. He's like, yeah, we had them all printed. We were going to show the world. And it's, like, oh it's like, can you just take a breath? Like, yeah, that understand. was truly pointless because they're like, oh, we're making so many leads in this case. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe it. They're like, okay, where's the art? And he's like, we have no idea still. I'm like, but we are making strides. Clearly. Except so there was a video that made the cops and the FBI suspicious about Turner that he had that statue, that little like vase. Oh, I don't remember that. There was like, there was um, like security footage somewhere that looked like it could be that vase. Mm. But like, if he had given that to the police to got, to like get the years shaved off his sentence like that would be like public knowledge right you'd Mm. think unless the fbi like they have further information that would help the current Mm. i don't even know i don't know like i I just feel like everyone's keeping secrets from us oh for sure this is all about us Mm -hmm. um okay so do you guys think that richard abbott is still like the number one suspect in your minds. Cause like for me, I still personally believe this is an inside job of some kind. Yeah. So my current belief now having watched this stellar documentary <laughs> is that he was involved. He's not like the mastermind. I'm not going to put that on him. Cause I don't think he deserves that. I don't think he's um, capable. Of exactly. Being a mastermind. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he has the brains. Um, but so I think that like it was a much more powerful person, like maybe like that Carmelo Molina, Soprano. whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he just got roped into it because like he's the poor guy that works the front desk. Um, I totally believe that they could have like blackmailed him or his family to get him to cooperate. And right. he did. And it's a miracle. He kept his mouth shut. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with Alex. Like, I would not be surprised if it's either he was like, yeah, you know what? I'll let you in as long as like, I don't get hurt, whatever. And he just doesn't say anything. And maybe that's the extent of it. But I would also believe like he kind of just had shit luck and they knew that security was not good there. Mm -hmm. Like I read something very quickly and I don't know if it's true, but people were like, yeah, they used to like buzz people in when they would like order a pizza to the museum. Like, (laughs) I don't oh know. Oh my God. It just seems like things could have been a little tighter, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm definitely convinced it has to do with the mob, but at this point, how are you ever going to find those pieces? Cause they mentioned, they were like, well, David Turner, he's out of jail now. So there's two options. They're like, either he really didn't know anything and he couldn't give anything up or he wanted to wait until he got out of jail 
gives information and gets the $10 million reward. Mm. I don't know. I don't know either. And guess what? We'll never fucking know. Probably. (sighs) Yeah. I wish I, mm, I would rate like parts one and two and eight out of 10, three and four, I would give it like a three out of 10. Yeah. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. It should have just been like one movie hour 45 tops. Yeah. That would have been sufficient. Mm-hmm. We would have gotten to the same conclusion that right. they don't know anything. Right. Thanks a bunch. Thanks so much. Yeah. Overall, I uh, am glad that we did this, but also I hope this serves as just a suggestion to our listeners to maybe skip the documentary <laughs> overall and just yeah. take take it from us who suffered for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you weren't paying attention or didn't feel like listening to the episodes with us, just feel free to skip it. <laughs> Lesson learned. And jot that down because <laughs> this is the terrible. shortest episode yet. <laughs> uh, okay, well... um. Like, what else do, do we, we want to talk, talk about, about something else? I don't even know. Yeah, I know. Like, um, should we talk about the time that we spent together because it was the best? Mm, we could. Now this isn't a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> now this is a friendship. Uh, well, ex-friendship. Am I uh, right? <laughs> um, no. What? I don't know. I thought She's Alex so was like sick rude. of us. Um, oh my gosh, no. So Alex kindly invited Haley and I to visit her in Connecticut while her parents mm-hmm. the home were of away. Bobby Gentile. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we had a I left my time. home of Bobby Garanti <laughs> to go to the state of Bobby Gentile. <laughs> and we had a great time. I mm-hmm. ate Dairy Queen for the first time, which I was extremely disappointed in because my blizzard was essentially soup. I would like to let the listeners know that I handed Chloe her blizzard in the car and she said, no, I don't want my hands to get cold. So she wonders. No, I said, I don't (laughs) want my ice cream to get warm. Like I didn't (laughs) want to heat it with my hand. How ridiculous it is. It's called a blizzard. Yeah, but that's exactly what happened. Okay. It's the funny part that she melted it with her warm 15 minutes. Listen, because you you had just kept it in the tray. If you had just kept the blizzard in the tray, I'm sure the temperature would have kept. I did cooler. keep it in the tray. She what made Haley, me put it back. What oh. Alex is saying is that this is all your fault. Uh, well, do you want to tell the listeners what kind of blizzard you got? I would love to. Um, I got a Heath Bar blizzard, add Oreo, add cookie dough, and it was delicious. I still ate like all of the, all of it. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just soupy. It was just like, like kind of soupy. Mm. That's okay. Yes. And what else? I got Chipotle and Dunkin' for the first time in all of quarantine. Mind you, she lives five minutes away from any store you could ever want. And this was the first time she's (laughs) gotten any store you could ever want. I've probably only gotten takeout like five times tops. I can't believe that. And And four of those were with you. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) (laughs) But also like you're living at home and your mom doesn't like takeout so like it makes sense that all of your Mm -hmm. meals like because you're not making them she's like all right this is what we're doing because I'm cooking it right Mm -hmm. um another thing we did 
housewives. I'm not a real housewives watcher personally, but this weekend I became a real housewives of New Jersey watcher and I'm going to just keep watching it because damn, it is addicting. It really is. I literally we're all Jersey girls thinking about it. Like I was (laughs) like, oh my God, we need to watch the reunion before we drive home. And we did. Meanwhile, I had my second vaccine on Thursday, and I think I literally had a fever dream about the Real Housewives. <laughs> That's it. Okay, Teresa and Joe Judice. I'm like almost caught up. I was telling Chloe this. I'm almost caught up to where I had left, and I think I'm gonna try to watch Real Housewives of New York. I think they're a little more relatable. I don't know how rich they are, but like New Jersey's funny because like they have like actual like real people problems and Beverly Hills I'm like they're so fucking rich. Like too out of touch like to yeah. be able to relate to them. Yeah. So, I'm going to try yeah. that. Okay. That's Yeah. Okay. I guess New York. LA, do you watch all of them? Sure don't. Okay. I've seen all of Beverly Hills and then I've seen um three and a little more seasons of New Jersey. And I saw the first episode of Salt Lake City. How was it? um, It was all right. I might continue. I might not. I can't decide. And I used to watch some of Miami because um, I didn't even know there was a Miami. Yeah, it's no longer on, but it was chaotic. I kind of want to watch Atlanta because Nene (laughs) Leaks is in it. Is Leeks her last name? And she yeah. just seems really funny. She was Isn't in Glee a couple crazy. times. What? Isn't What's she that? like kind of out there? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I guess they all are. Um, one thing I should state to our listeners is that unlike what we promised where we were recording this in person, Haley said after we watched episode three all together, and mm-hmm. I quote... I don't want to waste our time together watching episode four. <laughs> so we literally and like they were all on board. Time. That's why. Yeah. Everyone agreed. I just said what we were all thinking. <laughs> it's the truth. Someone said yeah. we wasted our time watching Ron Jay. <laughs> it was worth it. I will say that one thing that we watched that was worth it and it was funny was a movie that Haley's been talking about for, Literally it seems forever. like, forever. <laughs> the Heat. And it was so good. It was so funny. I was I'm so, so glad you liked it, Alay, because I know that we have similar humor. Couldn't read Troll's Do face. We? She was also playing her game a lot, so <laughs> I couldn't tell. Are you playing right now? <laughs> I am, too. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, I was fully paying attention to the movie. Second Mm -hmm. of all, I can't believe I had never seen it because it came Mm -hmm. out like years ago, like two, what? 2013. Yeah. Or 20. Yeah. Anyway. um, I might've made that up actually. I think it was 2012. It doesn't matter either way. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. But that movie was, and honestly (laughs) watching movies with Haley makes them so much better. I'm glad that you think that. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes I make them a lot worse. <laughs> like if I'm crying, like PSA oh my love gosh, you. yes, mm, like a bad <sighs> time. A great watch a movie. I was saying to Chloe, like maybe we could try this again, but I want to watch a documentary that we know is good. <laughs> this had just come out; there wasn't like enough ratings. You know, yeah. Like maybe we could watch um, "What's or Nuts," the lady who. The drug company, she has the big eyes, Elizabeth 
Palms. Oh, the HBO one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've already watched that. <laughs> oh, okay. How was it? Um, it was pretty good. It well, was. We don't care now that we've already. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Awesome. No, we can I... find another one on HBO. They have so many. They okay. do. Um. Yeah. I... Well, sorry for the dampener, listeners. <laughs> I'm sure they really care so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have anything else. Alex made a scampi. <laughs> sure did. That scampi was it a sure bomb. did. It was really did you delicious. See my suggestion on your poll, Joel. No. You're like, did you what see my suggestion? Do you? Oh my god, what was yours? Fruits and vegetables. Oh, I think I've already done fruits and vegetables. I just said different kinds of scampi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so traditionally Italians don't put it with pasta, like they eat it with bread, apparently. So why do Is Americans- this true, LA? Traditionally, and also not traditionally, just in my family, we don't have scampi. Um, mm. It's more like a thing that exists at restaurants. So I have no idea. Just like spaghetti and meatballs, how that's like a fake Italian thing. Yeah, but we actually do make that. <laughs> But we good one like other meat. We do like meatballs, sausage, pork. It's like a whole thing, and I love it. Well, but so yeah, I don't Teresa think meatballs are. Caroline thing. was as Italian as the Olive Garden. <laughs> Can you believe a sixteenth Italian? It Can was you a believe joke. Teresa? Ha did ha! It's a joke. Ha ha! <laughs> she is fucking funny. Toxic. Oh my god, that's what we should do an episode about. Is the fucking Real Housewives? Oh, I would love to. Because mm-hmm. Teresa is infuriating. She's toxic. I also get nervous. I know no one listens to this podcast, but like I just picture her slamming us on Twitter. <laughs> That's when we'll know we've made it. Can you believe the jot that down girls called me toxic? Can you believe it's a joke? Ha ha. <laughs> also, it's funny because it's like things that happened literally like a decade ago to her. Literally. Like, I, I do know. not care. <laughs> And yet she does. Uh, too good. <sighs> anyway. Wow. If I had known, I would have prepped my family feud style questions for you guys. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I could Google them. Um, okay. But are you not going to? No. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> okay, great. Well, on that note, let me do the closing. Okay. As always, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Jot That Down. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Jot That Down Pod. That's J O T that down P O D dot com. That really scared me. I was like, what's she going to say? What's going to come out of her mouth? Sponsored by Chuggy, the new word for basic. <laughs> what? What's the word? Chuggy. Chuggy? Apparently a thing. For $5 off your next UGG slippers, go to Chuggy. <laughs> dot com slash jot that down why don't i know this word um use just things that are like out of style and it's mostly people being like rosé all day and on on ironically wearing (laughs) uggs i say that because i wear my uggs but they're indoors only Mm. and you wear them ironically ironically that's the point but it's also like I'm trying to think of other things. 
like I'm I'm not trying to say skinny jeans because people still like skinny jeans, but it's like, oh, like Chevron type things. Ugh, you know, like Chevron necklaces, big. statement necklaces. <sighs> um, what else? Couldn't tell you. Being like, I run on coffee. Coffee's my life. <laughs> That's stuff like that. Like, yeah, and like putting, eating like, at Chipotle. Grams. Yeah, <laughs> these examples <laughs> are everything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the the code is Bobby Garanti <laughs> at chugi.com slash jot that down slash dub 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 slash Bobby Gentile. Backslash JLo. Yeah. Um, Pajolo. And with that. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. This is going to be like a 15 minute episode. It literally is. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Oh my God. Love it. Love it.